1: welcome to the boneyard with steve robertson as always i am your good friend and host steve robertson here on the monday evening edition of the yard and i've got a good excuse for being late we're going to talk about it a lot in the first segment of the show i've been busy all day long and you're going to hear that dinging as the busyness continues a lot of things going on you know one of the things i want to share with you guys too you're probably unaware of this so you know, Gene Swindoll is officially retired, and so I have been kind of the chief operating officer of Gene's Page for several years, kind of handling day-to-day operations. Your Gene's i have taken over. So one of the things that I said when my time came to kind of run the store is that we're gonna do some things differently. Not gonna take away from what we're doing, we're just gonna be more aggressive about other things. we very involved in a couple things. Now, today, I have done some things that are super cool and again we're going to spend the first segment of the show talking about uh, one of them but i don't want our business to just be viewed as a media entity now some people would say but steve you spent years and years and years trying to build this operation up to being a respected media entity and that's true it's true but we're going to be players in nil And I don't mean, you know Little stuff We're just not We're going to be very aggressive We want to associate and affiliate Ourselves with positive Things that are happening at Mississippi State We want you guys To know that We are a willing partner In a lot of things When it comes to Mississippi State Athletics So we're going to be doing some name, image, and likeness deals with some players to promote our business, which is what it was intended for. So we're going to do some, some media marketing type things with some Bulldog players. Uh, recently signed a name, image, and likeness deal or came to terms on an NIL deal with Kellum Clark to help promote Dogpile. You know, so we're going to do some things like that. We're not just going to sit back. You know, Because we're different. It's not this that we're the best media entity. I want you guys to know, too, that we're going to do things that we think are for the betterment of Mississippi State Athletics. Right? And there may be some people that judge us harshly. Oh, why are they getting involved in this? You know, I remember when tex AGs came out and they signed some NIL deals when this thing, you know, first happened a year ago. And people were like, this is revolutionary. Other people were like, well, some lines may be skewed here. I mean, so... How does that work? Well, then now you see a lot of people out there that are involved in this. So we're involved in it too. The difference is is we're going to be a lot cooler about it. We're going to do a lot of interesting things because we're going to use the people that we know that you care about to help advertise our business. I would suggest you do the same. If you're a business old owner or perhaps you are an a, uh, advertising executive with your company, if you're trying to cater to Mississippi State customers, why would you not utilize name, image, and likeness opportunities for Mississippi State players? That's how it should be. Now, a lot of people are going to say, hey, Steve, I don't agree with NIL. You know what? It's kind of like arguing against gravity, as a good friend of mine said. Whether you agree with it or not, it's still there. And so that's kind of how this thing works. We can sit back and we can put cross our arms and cross our feet and say, hey, get off of my lawn. But college athletics is changing. And so we're going to do some things to assist in some of that. There are a lot of people out there that are working very, very hard. And I'm, I'm going to share this with you as earnestly and honestly as I can. There are people that are working on the name, image, and likeness side for Mississippi State that need your help. And it's easy to sit back and say, well, you know what? It's somebody else's job to do that. Hey, Steve, it's your job to do that. And you know what you're right and it's your job too whether it be 20 bucks a month 100 bucks a month 500 bucks a month thousand hours a year you can contribute and i get it man life is not always easy but when i look at our business jeanspage.com the mississippi state affiliate for 247 sports very proud to be with 247 when i look at that and i say okay Our business does better when Mississippi State is winning. So what are we doing? So we're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're not just going to be like, I'm not just going to sit back and say, hey, you guys need to do this. We're going to be leaders in this deal. We're going to make things happen. We're not going to be out there doing anything other than making contributions, but we're going to utilize name, image, and likeness for our benefit. We'd be a fool not to. We talk about Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt is exploiting this loophole in NCAA legislation when it comes to baseball scholarships. But it's not illegal. It's perfectly acceptable. And they'd be a fool not to exploit it or utilize it as long as it is legal. And so that's how I look at this name, image, and likeness thing. It's like I can sit back and say, well, I don't know if this is right. You know, hey, I've got a decision I've got to make, but I've got to do what's best for my business. I've met with our staff. Here about a month ago and i said hey guys this is how i feel these are the things that we're going to do i'd like to get your feedback and everybody's like i think it's a great idea so we're going to do it and i'm going to explain to you after the break this big thing we're working on more to the point i'm working on let's thank our friends at bulldog burger company i love bulldog burger company and i loved them a long time before they were a sponsor of this show I was probably one of their first, I don't know, 500 customers. I couldn't wait for it to open. I went by and checked it out. I had the Bulldog hamburger, the Bulldog burger itself, the signature burger. I was like, you know what? This is kind of what I've been looking for. And then my friend, Brian Haydad, I noticed he was having something different. He had the smokehouse. He's a smokehouse guy. So I decided to try that. Loved it too. Then we did the Boneyard Bulldog Burger Challenge. And I ate every hamburger, and I came back and talked about it on the show. So I've been there and and done that, and I've eaten them all. And I can tell you, you're never going to walk away unsatisfied. A great restaurant-quality hamburger is one of the fine delicacies in life that we afford ourselves. I would encourage you to go partake in their fine delicacies there at Bulldog Burger Company. Three great locations to serve you, University Drive-In, Star Vegas, Gloucester Street in Tupelo, and Lake Harbor Drive there in central Mississippi in the Ridge and Floyd area. Go by and have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They will make you and everybody around you better looking. And get that chocolate shake to go. It's not truly a cheap meal if you don't have that chocolate shake to go, right? Because like, well, I'm having cheat cheap meal today. Okay, go all the way. Get your money's worth. And maybe you're thinking, hey, Steve, I want to eat a little bit better. I'm a little more health conscious these days. Get that grilled BLT salad. I love it, man. I've never been able to finish it either. It's, the portion is so substantial. That's one of the things I love the most about Bulldog Burger Company you get more than you pay for. Other people tacking on charges, cutting back on portions, not Bulldog Burger Company. Nope, the same place you've you've grown to love. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, so let's get into this little thing I've been working on, right? The reality of it is, I've always been a bit of a uh, over-the-top guy, right? And so when I sat down and talked with the guys in the Bulldog Initiative, which, and I've told you guys before, I'm very comfortable with that group. I'm very comfortable with the things they're doing. I'm comfortable with their model. And so I feel very safe by suggesting that that's a good avenue for you. That's not a shot at anybody else. I haven't sat down and heard anybody else's presentation. I've had a lot of people contact me and said, hey, can you help us with this? Can you give us some publicity? And it's like, I don't get enough information to kind of move forward with that. But I went and sat down with Charlie and, uh, you know, got the lowdown. And this is a guy too that is basically doing this, you know, really out of the goodness of his heart. I mean, really, there are a lot of people out there not necessarily affiliated with Mississippi State. There are a lot of people out there kind of exploiting our student athletes when it's come to NIL. There are some people that are taking a third or more. So, like, if you make a deal with a player, like, a, hey, I'd like to do this. So, it's like, oh yeah. So yeah, they're gonna get you know three hundred bucks, but uh, we're gonna keep a hundred for not really doing anything. And so, I haven't really wanted to kind of be involved with that. And I've had some people approach me about that. There, there were a couple of uh, of student athletes when NIL first started. It was like, hey, we want to do these shirts. And the shirts are 25 bucks a piece. And it took about five bucks to make them. And your student athlete's got like two or three bucks. So it's like the profit margin on that shirt is like 80%. And your student athlete was getting less than 10. All right, that's not a good deal. And so the way this thing is structured through the initiative, yeah, they don't get it 100%, but it's the smallest percentage you could imagine, right? I mean, there's just not much... And there's some legalities involved in all of this with NCAA compliance. I mean, that's how it works, right? There there are certain things you do. I mean, these things are are set up to make money, but also to, to kind of facilitate funds for your student athletes. And so as I learned more about NIL, I began to ask myself, self, what can you do? How can you be a contributor to this? And so I thought about some ideas. One of the things that I think would be a great idea, nobody has done this yet, but as a guy that used to be a big part of the running community, <laughs> I'm not running this project, but I wish somebody else would, is why don't we do a 5K around campus? You wouldn't even need the city to be involved. Let's do a 5K. What do, what do people pay, 50, 60 bucks? I know some of these trail races, we pay 100. You run a 50 ka a 5K, around campus, that is a money-making machine right there. People would love to come to Mississippi State and run the 5K around campus and then help fund an I.O. What what's your expense? The timing mechanism? Your finisher medals that are next to nothing? I mean, people are basically paying to run your race and to give you money. And then you have some people go back later to kind of you know, take, unmark the course that is one of the easiest money-making things there could ever be because at the end of the day, there really is no waste. There's no retailing expense. You put, that, you put it up, you promote it, hey, we're running a 5K here. There's websites and Facebook groups all around the state. You can advertise it for free, and you could put this 5K together. If need be, do a 10K and run it all on the Mississippi State campus. Or through the streets of Starkville. You know, we do frostbite every year. I mean, you could use some of that route. The hundreds of people that run those races, like every weekend, there was a stretch in my life that I think we ran a 5K every month, every week of every month. A lot more of it going on down there around Baton Rouge, but you know, up here, there's, there's a 5K probably every weekend somewhere in North Mississippi. And those people are always looking. There's not a 5K in Starkville every week. But what if we did that? Because people are like, where's the money gonna come from? What you know? Here's the thing, and I think a lot of people feel this way. We gotta do more than beg. It's like, please, please, please give some money, help us with this, right? And there are a lot of people out there that just asking is enough. I talked to a business leader in Starville earlier today. He said, as soon as he found out, he goes, hey, we wanna make a commitment to this, I won't disclose the amount, I won't disclose the name, but it was a very substantial amount of money. There are a lot of people that would love to be able to do something to help with NIL, that don't have the the financial wherewithal to be able to do that. So what if we gave them something to do? What if we gave them a race to run? They're, They're going to run anyway, right? I mean, there'd be somebody else that's just going to pocket that money. But if you found out, hey, this money is going to go to name, image, and likeness, you might even get some people that aren't even runners, that may just come run, walk the thing to say, hey, I just want to feel like I'm doing my part. I want to feel like I'm doing something to help with NIL. I'm helping Mississippi State be more competitive in sports. That is low-hanging fruit right there. Which kind of brings me to my little project I've been working on all day, which is why I'm late doing the show. I went to practice, but I have not produced any content today. And this has been on my heart since the day that Charlie and I sat down. And I remember texting him and some other people involved. I said, hey, what if we did a concert? And people are like, hey, I love the idea. Now, rather than sit around and wait for somebody else to do it, because my friend Charlie has enough to do. He has a thriving legal practice in addition to kind of championing our NIL cause. NIL calls, excuse me. So what am I going to do? Wait for Charlie to say, hey, Steve, What do you think about the concert thing? What about getting going on that? So rather than talk about it, I'm going to be about it. So I can't give you all the details yet, but we're going to do a concert September 30th in Starkville, and it's going to be a rock show. And in addition to that rock show, as part of that rock show, I'm going to have a couple of of up-and-coming Mississippi rock bands, Come play, and then we're going to have a national recording artist as the headliner. Came to terms with them late this evening, and this thing is officially happening September thirtieth. That's the Friday night before the Texas A and M game, and that's six weeks from now. I really didn't want to do it that quickly, but there was a band in particular that I had in mind, and so we had some dates. Then there was a conflict with the venue, and it was a conflict. So I was like, okay, th- what day can everybody do it? This is the date we came down on. So September 30th, if you're coming to town for the Texas A&M game, we're going to have you something to do on Friday night. As I said in my social media postings, it's a time for us to make Mississippi rock again. When I was a teen and I was a young 20s, we had a lot of, we had a thriving rock scene in Mississippi. We don't now. And I'm going to do what I can to help facilitate that. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Catherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health. Their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecova want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And, you know, you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Takovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Takovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Takovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovus has first wear comforts, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop in new styles, the smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas.com. Tecovas, they offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And one of the things that I remember when I was an aspiring rock star in my own right, you just wanted somebody to give you a chance. So there's a couple bands out there, and you probably have heard of both of them, that I am affiliated with in one form or another. I know these individuals or at least one of these individuals in each of these bands and i want to help them and so we're going to give them a venue we're going to give them an opportunity to get some exposure and get out there and play their original tunes in front of a great crowd and we're going to help cultivate the mississippi rock scene you know what i want to do this every year and i haven't officially settled on what we're going to call it but i'm kind of leaning towards rock vegas Welcome to Rock Vegas, Bulldog fans. Now, we're going to start relatively small this year. And what I mean by that is KISS is not coming, okay? Metallica is not coming. But there's certainly going to be a band you know, okay? I will announce the details as we get a little closer because today has been a whirlwind, an absolute whirlwind. I got all this done today. I've been thinking about it, been planning it. I said, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? So today, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it today. I'm going to start the conversation today. I reached out to Charlie, reached out to a couple other people. I said, hey, the conversation about the rock concert begins today. And I record this show. We have booked three bands. We have booked the the venue. We are in the process of setting up online ticketing. We've already arranged catering. Already got some people that are ready to, to be a part of this. Now, Jeanspage.com is going to be the major sponsor here. But I'll be honest with you, I don't. I want to be able to share the spotlight a little bit too, but I also want some people to help share the expense. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is not a, an, an expensive undertaking. If we have to go it alone, we will. I don't think we, that we'll have to because the reality of it is, is one of the reasons that I want to do this is because I want the goodwill within our fan base to know that jeanspage.com and everybody affiliated with jeanspage.com is committed to the betterment of Mississippi State Athletics. We're not just going to sit back and say, well, this NIL thing is neat. you know. No, not going to do it because there are going to be some people that are going to be critical of me. There are going to be people that are going to be critical of the decisions that we make to be involved in this and to be leaders but the only approval that I really care about is yours. I got to sleep at night too, guys. And how can I get out on here and, and, and with a clear conscience and say, hey, I think you should contribute to NIL, and then we're not. So we're going to do it. And you know, I look around the country, and I, I see all these things, and everybody's like, man, we're getting left behind in NIL. Okay, so I'm going to do my part to help catch us up. You know, there's some people out there that have more resources than us. There's some people out there that have a bigger fan base. I don't think there are too many of them that are smarter than us, though. Maybe we're not always as motivated as we should be, but we have the know-how. Sometimes we just don't have the want to. Well, I want to, and I know how, which is how I was able to book this thing in a day. And I want to make it an annual event. I have joked with some people in the Mississippi State Administration. I said I'm going to put this thing together. I'm going to make sure that we have a good infrastructure in, in year one. We're going to get bigger next year, and don't be surprised in a couple of years when I'm asking permission for us to use Humphrey Coliseum. You got to have vision in life. I've talked to some other people. Now that now all of a sudden they're motivated. Wait a minute, Steve. This is a great idea. What if what if we got this artist? What if we got this artist? You know what? Hey, that's good for down the road. I got six weeks to pull this all together and I'm going to pull it all together we're going to sell shirts we're going to sell posters Uh, we'll do uh, probably do a little meet and greet autograph session with the bands it's going to be fun but it's not going to be in Humphrey Coliseum so tickets are going to be somewhat limited as a result they're going to be maybe a little bit more expensive than it would be at a regular show but it's not because we're trying to profit from this you're basically making a donation we talked about hey you know like if i went around and said hey hey man give me 40 bucks for nil you'd be like what well i'll tell you what what if i put on a concert and i I ask you for 40 dollars and then i instead of me keeping your 40 bucks then i gave it to nil how'd that be so not only are you contributing something you're getting something in return and there are a lot of people out there just from the goodness of their hearts like hey this is what i want to do And I'm going to sign this, and I'm going to just sign it over. There are other people that says, you know, I wouldn't mind being part of a fundraiser. But you're going to get something out of it. You're going to get to see a rock show, a great rock show, right here in Starkville, Mississippi. And I'm fired up about it, in case you couldn't tell. We're going to do something great. And this is just the beginning. Not going to say that we're not going going to get kissed someday. You I mean, one of the things that I, that I have been a proponent of, and again, it's like, you know, there's sometimes I feel like I'm just the idea, man. It's like I can come up with great ideas, but I don't always follow through, which is how it used to be with books for me. I'd say, this would be a great idea for a book. I never write it. And I still got those ideas. Maybe someday I will write them. But I was like, you know what we ought to do? We ought to have a concert series. What if we did a rock show? What if we did a rap show? What if we did a country show? Maybe we did a Christian music show. What if we had a concert series in Starkville to help facilitate funding the NIL? Would that make it a little easier for you to do that? Would you feel a little bit better about that? It's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to see a great show, but I'm also helping Mississippi State student athletes. I'm helping Mississippi State be more competitive. How would you feel about that? And so this is basically me kind of just throwing the gauntlet down. Okay, this is just the beginning. And now I've had some, somebody else said, hey, what if we did this? And you know what? That's part of the, the, the genesis of the idea too. It's like, okay, this is, this is where I can help because I know a lot of people in the music industry. I know a lot of people in rock music. I know a lot of people in dance music too, but I don't know if you're going to turn out to see that. But I know a bunch of people in, in rock music, I'm like, you know hey, what if I reached out to some of my friends in rock music and said, hey, this is what I want to do. Can you help me? This is why I want to do it. And so rather than me just saying, hey, guys, give me 50 bucks, give me 100 bucks, write me a check for 500 bucks, I'm going to put on a rock show. And you know what? It's not going to cost you a hundred bucks to go. It's not, going to, it's not. It's not going to cost you five hundred. You're going to be in town anyway, right? You're coming for the ball game. I'm going to give you a reason to come a little bit early, and get there Friday, and go to a rock show, and then go to Davis Wade Stadium with your ears ringing. You'll be able to ring your cowbell even louder, and you won't even imagine. You know, people around you won't bother you as much because your ears will be ringing, right? We're going to rock, and we're going to have a great time, and we're not going to make a nickel on this. That's not, our po- that's not our point. Jeanspage.com not going to make a nickel. Now, my hope is, is that maybe you say, you know what? I've always thought about subscribing to Jeanspage, and I like what they're doing. So, yeah, I'm going to go support those guys. Or maybe you're a longtime Jeanspage subscriber, and you're thinking, you know what? I'm proud to be a Jeanspage guy because I like what they're doing. Not only do they provide the best news and most up-to-date information about Mississippi State Athletics, look at what they're doing. That's what makes sense to me. That's what fires me up. That's what gets me awfully excited. We're doing something that I believe is very important. And I believe it's substantial. And I think it's important for everybody to understand that it's not just a situation where I'm going to sit up here and just say, this is what you should do. We're getting involved. We're getting excited. And we think this is something that is a benefit to your athletic programs so come out enjoy the show again they'll be i'll give you more information when we get it's today it's been a whirlwind right you're gonna have to give me a little grace today and i gotta go write a check here pretty soon i go write a check and deliver a check sign a contract and once that's done i'm gonna give you all the details and once i'm committed to it you know once i sign the check whether you guys show up or not i gotta write another check you know, so I need some other people out there. If you are part of, if you want to be a part of this, message me. Because we're going to do several sponsorships. Um, you know, five hundred, a thousand bucks. Because there's a lot that goes into this, obviously. And so it's your business. And you, I've already had somebody contact me today. I said, "Hey, Stevie, I don't even have a business. I just appreciate what you're doing, and I want to be a part of this." I don't need my name on any shirts. I don't need my name on any posters. I just want to help. And maybe that's you. Hit me up. I'll tell you how to get it to me. Because I can promise you it's going to go to good use. Because I know and I trust the people at Bulldog Initiative. And so every dime, all the proceeds that we make from this show are going to go directly to the Bulldog Initiative. As a matter of fact, when we set up the online ticketing, and I got to meet with Charlie about this to kind of get it all set up. When you buy your ticket and set it up money like going, to, like going into an account somewhere, it's going to go right to the Bulldog Initiative. So you buy your ticket online, the money goes right there to Bulldog Initiative. That's how we're going to set it up. That's the plan right now. It's not going to come to me. Not going to go to Gene. not going to go to some venue or sit in some escrow account. It's, you're going to buy your tickets, and then boom, they're going to get your money. That's how I want to set it up. And, again, it's not set up yet. That's why I haven't announced that yet. But I've already been in contact with a ticket vendor, and uh, there's just some things we got to do. And so uh, Charlie's on vacation this week, in case you didn't know. And uh, maybe I shouldn't have told you that. But uh, once he gets back, we're going to sit down, and uh, we're going to get all this set up because this, again, is to help support the Bulldog Initiative. And, again, that's not an indictment on anybody else. I don't know enough about everybody else's uh, business. And so I do business with people that I trust and people that I know. And that's again, I have a level of comfort with the Bulldog Initiative and I want to support their efforts. I want to support what they're doing to help Mississippi State student athletes. And so I ask you, how does it sound? And you're like, you know, you ask me a rock show, but I'd love to know who it is. At the end of the day, does it really matter? And you're gonna be happy, right? You're gonna be happy. Especially if you're my age. You're gonna be happy. But even if it wasn't, even if even even if you don't even plan to come, wouldn't you want to be part of supporting something like that? Supporting your student-athletes? And there are a lot of people that says, you know what, Steve, I just I just can't write that check, you know, for 500 bucks. I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you'll do this. Maybe you'll do this. You know, maybe you'll buy a ticket and give it to a, a student somewhere. Or maybe you've got a friend, somebody, or a, a couple out there that needs a night out. You know, maybe they've... Maybe they've had some issues. Maybe they've got kids at home. Whatever. Maybe you can pay, you know, buy the tickets and pay for a sitter and let them go enjoy a good rock show. So once we get it out there, and again, I don't want to build this up like we're, you know, like the Beatles are getting together or anything. That's not what I'm trying to suggest anyway, whatsoever. This is going to be a major recording artist, and uh, a name you know, a name you know. And uh, I'm sure it'll probably leak out before I'm ready to announce it. I'm not ever going to confirm it. You know, I see all these people guessing, and I know it's fun to guess. And I've put a lot of teasers out there today. But we are serious about name, image, and likeness, and we are serious about helping Mississippi State. And so I'm taking our business, and we are getting involved, and we're going to help be a champion for change. And we're going to do what we can uh, to aid in the efforts of the Bulldog Initiative because I believe that is the best way to go about this. And again, that's not a shot at anybody else. I just don't know those people, right? I, I just I don't, I don't know them. I don't have a relationship with them. I've got a comfort level with Charlie. And so, again, I, I mentioned to him, hey, what do you think about a concert? He goes, I think it'd be great. And rather than sit around and wait for him to say, hey, Steve, here's a green light on that, I said, you know what, let me just go do this. How about I woke up this morning and I said, you know what, well, actually I went to bed last night. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this today. And before, I, mean, I guess the first four phone calls I made of the day, I got four yeses. People are like, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. And I want you to be involved. Absolutely. We're absolutely involved. We're absolutely happy to partner with you in this. Had a meeting earlier today. Set up an impromptu meeting. Hey, are you around? Yeah. Can you help me with this? Dude, I'm completely on board. And you're going to be too. So... We're going to make Mississippi rock again, and we'll start right here in Starkville. Everybody else can do what they want to do, but we're going to bring a rock show to Starkville, and we're going to help fund Mississippi State's NIL efforts. All right, time for today's top 10 list, brought to you as always by Close with Blair. That's C L O S E with Blair, B L A I R, CloseWithBlair.com. Listen, that's Blair Chandler. Everybody needs a friend in the industry. And that's the mortgage industry. Blair is a guy that's been at it a long time, though. 21 years in the industry, top 1% close ratio in the country. Last two years. it's two years in a row. This is a guy that didn't get you to the closing table. A lot of other people say that, but it's good to know that you've got somebody that knows the ins and outs of the underwriting process so they can go kind of champion your cause with underwriters. A lot of people out there to get a little resistance and say, well, you know, that's it. You know, it didn't work out. Blair's a guy that finds solutions. Whether you're a non-conforming borrower with an atypical property, give Blair a chance. Maybe if other traditional lenders perhaps have turned you down. Blair works for Fairway Mortgage. Recently voted number one in customer satisfaction when it came to mortgage loan origination. Let him help you. And here's the deal, too. I didn't say this Friday, but if you mentioned to him you heard about him on the barnyard, he's going to pay for your appraisal. How about that? Give him a call today at 601-500-2344. Again, that's 601 601- five zero zero two three four four close with blair.com all right top 10 list i've done some lists recently you know we did 40 year old songs and 30 year old songs and uh the 30 year old jams just didn't go over the way that i thought so i thought you know what we're gonna stick we're gonna be true to rock today since we're booking a rock show we're gonna do and this is not a, a hint in any way of who our headliner is it's not but we're going to do top rock songs 20 years ago. Many of you were in college then, and so this is kind of like, in your mind, you're like, this is the best time in rock music. You'd be wrong, but these were the best songs. Now, there are a couple bands that didn't make our list that um, maybe you're familiar with. You know, Seven Dust was really big back then, but they were just really about to take off, right? So they didn't make our list. Uh, Let's see here. Kid Rock didn't make our list. SR71, I like that song. Uh, Miss Right Now that didn't make the list. Airshot didn't make the list. Corn didn't make the list. Corn's gotten a lot of play on our lists here, but Corn didn't make this list. All American Rejects didn't make the list. Weezer didn't make the list. Weezer's been on a list before though. Mudvayne that is reunited Mudvayne. You know, Chad from uh, Mudvayne was the frontman for Hell Yeah for a while, and then Vinnie Paul has died, so they're on hiatus. So he is reunited with Mudvayne. They're out there doing some wild shows on tour now. Incubus didn't make the list. Many of you really liked Incubus. I never did. I, and that, listen, that's not to say they're not talent, talented. I just didn't get it. I didn't th- it didn't have enough of an edge for me. I didn't really like the singer's voice. And I know many of you love Incubus. I just don't think they're as hard as their name would suggest. Uh, Let's see here. Who else didn't make? Jimmy Eat World didn't make the list. I know some other people are like, oh, that album is great. No, it's not. System of a Down didn't make the list. Coldplay (laughs) didn't make the list. Hoobastank didn't make the list. Even though I do love that one, um, this is going to hurt. Love that song. Uh, Offspring didn't make the list. Stone Sour, and I love Corey Taylor. Maybe that's, Roy, put that on a list. Let's do a Corey Taylor top tip. He's had a solo album. He's worked with Slipknot. He's done some work with Stone Sour. Godsmack uh, didn't make the list, but we, we've shown them a lot of love on the show before. Uh, Default was a band too. They were an Octane band, if you listen to Octane, because I was like one of the first serious XM listeners, I think. I think. Because, like, you could call and request a song, and, like, ten minutes later, they would play it because all you guys were listening to XM. I was on Sirius. But uh, Default was a good band. They didn't make our list, though. But here are the songs that did. Number ten, a band I love from the early octane days. Oh, I love this band so much. I could do a top ten list of them. Hadn't released new material in a while. They've done some shows. It's a band called Taproot. I love them man I do I love that haunting sound I love I love that's another a, a big mess on my behalf when we did the breakup songs you know the songs like you break up and you like you're angry songs I should have put tap roots fractured on the list that oh my gosh that is such a great song great song tap roots fracture but that's not on our list today number 10s tap root is poem and poem is a song that really kind of got them going an incredible guitar tone. Uh, It's one of the songs too Like you you hear that great kind of light guitar tone And the next thing you know The bass kicks in and it's tuned down a little bit I love that song Top Roots Poem Number nine Abandoned has recently gotten in some trouble on Twitter They uh, they did not necessarily agree With like the woke culture They did not agree with uh, the election results And they got in some trouble People tried to get them banned from Twitter Which is so stupid Here's my thing If you don't like what somebody says on Twitter, don't follow them. If people keep retweeting them across your timeline, block them. You don't have to get them canceled. You can just cancel them in your own life. You have the power to do that. It's like when people are like, well, I don't think this show should be on television. Then don't watch it. The solutions to life's problems are are usually very simple. And that's one of them. If, If you don't like what trap tweets, then don't follow them. If you don't like if you don't like what's posted on Ole Miss Message Boards, don't read them. Simple as that. They've got a right to post whatever they want. No, no matter how dumb and stupid it may seem, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. And that little ding you heard, that's somebody coming in and sponsoring us. Helping sponsor for the show, man. The rock show that's coming up. This thing is happening. But Traps Headstrong is number nine. Number eight. One of my favorite bands, and i tell you this, I have seen a lot of shows in my day. I'm from the 1900s. I got to see all the great bands play in their peak. And this is a band, too, that in this generation, I don't know that many of you young folks truly appreciate. I have seen them live. They are incredible live. Saw them at Rock, Oklahoma. Seen them at some other places. Saw them in Brandon with Three Doors Down. From South Africa, it's Seether. And we're going with the great song, Fine Again. Number eight on your list today, Cedar's Fine Again. Number seven, a band. I, oh, I love this band. Matter of fact, this band used to, we used, to, we used to, remember we had music for the intro, right? You know, the, the intro that you guys are most familiar with on The Boneyard was uh, Beggars and Hangers On from Slash's Snake Pit. And I love that track. I still listen to it. I have people, it's so crazy. Probably like once a month or so, somebody will say, hey, what was the name of that song? At the beginning of The Boneyard? And it was Slash's Snake Pit, Beggars and Hangers On. I do like the live version that Miles Kennedy and Slash and the Conspirators do better than that one because Miles is a better singer. But this band, we had Survival of the Sickest, which uh, sometimes I forget. Like if I was going to do the my, my walk-up, people always say, Steve, what would your walk-up be? It would be this, Survival of the Sickest by Saliva. But that didn't make our list. It's Saliva's Always. Great track Love it. Uh, Josie Scott, a phenomenal vocalist. He's had some addiction issues. Matter of fact, I've reached out to Josie on Twitter and interacted with him before. you kind of offering some encouragement uh, as he was uh, beginning his path to recovery. I, I do that sort of stuff, not because I want to get some any notoriety, but they're, they're real people too. And so sometimes it just helps to get some influence from somebody outside your circle. So when I see that somebody is struggling a little bit or somebody's beginning their recovery journey, I reach out to them. Hey, man, here's my number. Sometimes it helps to talk to somebody outside your circle. If you, call me before you drink. And they're like, hey, man, that's super cool. Thanks for doing that. Now, he's never called me, but we're all in this planet thing together, man. I don't think it's somebody else's problem. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I see somebody else is struggling, I feel like, you know what, I've got some experience, strength, and hope I can, I can offer this person. Whether they choose to accept it or not, it's up to them, but I, I've got an obligation to offer it. All right, number six, one of your favorite bands, one of the greatest American bands of all time. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And one of my favorite tracks from them that's been on our top 10 list before, it's By The Way from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, coming in at number six. I was able to get that one out without talking too much about the songs, right? All right, number five, this album dropped on September 11th. We've done a top 10 list for this band. I love them. It's P.O.D., Payable on Death. They're actually a Christian band, contrary to popular belief. Sonny works with the Whosoevers. And the song that resonated with young people around this great country was Youth of the Nation. I'm watching a 911 documentary right now on Netflix. I watch that stuff and I get angry all over again, but it also reminds me how far we've come. And if I can opine here for a second, as awful as September 11th was, I think one of the most important days in my lifetime was September 12th because we came together as a people. It didn't matter who we voted for. It didn't matter who we prayed to. It didn't matter what color our skin was. It didn't matter who we slept with. On that next day, we were Americans sharing loyalty, sharing fear, worrying about the future of our children. What kind of world are we leaving behind for our kids? I remember just being downright despondent, thinking about having to maybe go join the Army because of some draft or something to go fight the war on terror. And I prayed about it every day. I was like, God, please don't let this happen to my kid. I have so much respect for people in the military. I, I absolutely do. But I thought, you know, this could be the end of the world, man. It's, I mean, is Armageddon coming and my kid's going to go fight on the front lines? I, I, I worried about that nonstop. I did. And this album helped get me through a little bit and helped a lot of young people too. If you don't know that P.O.D. album, Satellite, you should familiarize yourself with it. Number four on the list one of our favorite rock bands. Oh my gosh, you guys know how much I hate Nirvana. But the best thing about Nirvana is we got Dave Grohl from Nirvana. And we got Dave Grohl. We got the Foo Fighters. So number four on your list is All My Life from Foo Fighters. Love that one. Love the percussion on it. Taylor Hawkins, God rest his soul. Number three, a band that love, people love to hate on, but they all loved them when they were really popular. I don't know who started the Nickelback Backlash. People are like, oh, but you listen to Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. you did You did too, loser, okay? I don't walk around with Nickelback shirts on, but I would if I saw him live. I would go see Nickelback. I got a bunch of hits, man. Oh, well, Steve likes Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. I, I, I don't care what you listen to, but I know this. I know that at some point, you jam some Nickelback. Number three on your list today is too bad. Number two mississippi's own three doors down love those guys from eschatop mississippi most of them attended moss point high school from what i understand saw those guys in brandon man i've seen them a couple times i love seeing those guys play live man they're always so happy those guys always look like they're enjoying the show that night we were all in brandon together at the amphitheater watching these guys play man was a great night i suggest if three doors down is anywhere near you go watch them play we're going when I'm gone, which is another amazing song. R- really, the video itself is about our troops, man. Number one, though, man, this is a band that's been awfully dysfunctional at times, but when they hit the scene, you're like, you know what? I've been looking for this. Because you had to wade through all this other stuff, right? You had to wade through Incubus and Hoobastank and people like that. And I think I think maybe at this point Everclear was done. The Theory of a Dead Man, people like that. You had, to, you, had, you had to wade through some weirdness, man, to find some good rock. And then Puddle of Mud hit the scene. You're like, you know what? I've been waiting for this. I didn't know that I needed this. Now that I have it, I'm pretty excited about it. And the one that started off for them is Blurry. And that's your number one song today, the number one rock song. Number one rock song from 2002, Blurry from Puddle of Mud. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out and let us know. Best way to do it is find Roy on Twitter at Dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. And you can also follow our great list over on Spotify, also Dogmatic67. Let us know. We're always looking for new ideas. And sometimes you guys will give me a good idea, and it'll just kind of jump to the top of the list. But uh, I, I know this. I, I promise you guys, too, we got a couple of classic rock guys we haven't done. We're going to do one of those on Wednesday. All right, time next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. I love Campus Bookmart. You will, too. If you don't, you will. Once you get to know them, to know them is to love them. Great people doing a great job for a fantastic fan base. The Bully Shop, now newly renovated. All upstairs, best selection of Mississippi State merch. A lot of people say that. They hadn't been to Campus Bookmart. A lot of people talk about it. Campus Bookmart is all about it. Go by and check them out today. See their lovely and talented faces. I I love Miss Susie. I do love Miss Pam, Miss Kathy. Everybody up there does such a great job. They always make you feel welcome because it's like going home. It's like being around family, right? That's one of the things we love about Starkville. It's like everybody you meet wants you to go home and eat dinner with them. That's kind of the feeling you get when you go into campus bookmark. If you can't make it to town to enjoy that experience, support them by going to campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. And that is BSR, which stands for beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, it's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, time to preview the Missouri Tigers. You guys, uh, we don't play them this year, but I tell you what, uh, when we, last time we did play them, we kind of reminded them that uh, life is a little bit tougher on this side of the, of the fence. Let's look at last year for them. And, uh, listen, I, you know, Eli Drinkwitz is starting to rub some people in the SEC the wrong way. Like, uh, what, you know, what's he bragging about? You know, I, I think Eli's a good coach. I think last year he struggled defensively, but offensively these guys put up some numbers. All right, so looking at game one last year, they beat Central Michigan 34 24. That should have been a sign that maybe perhaps the defensively things weren't what they should be. It's one game, though, so you think, ah, you know, okay, it'll be okay. Now, the next week they lose because they couldn't get a stop late. They lose in Lexington to Kentucky, and people well, Steve, Kentucky was a better team. Not on that day. I mean, obviously Kentucky wins, but, you know, Mizzou got out to a good start, and they just couldn't stop Kentucky. So give Kentucky credit. The next week, they give up 28 to Southeast Missouri. They win going away, 59-28. But you're going to think three weeks in, yeah, you know, defensive with this team is just not really good. They go to Boston College. I thought they would find a way to win that game. They lose it in overtime, 41-34. So four games in, they're two and two. The next week, Tennessee absolutely shreds them, 62-24. The North Texas main Green made a game of it, but Missouri holds them off, 48-35. And again, you see these big numbers. This, you know, defensively, they, did, they could not stop anybody. Texas A&M goes into Ferret Field and uh, beats them 35-14. They struggle against Vanderbilt, and nobody struggles against Vanderbilt. They struggled against Vanderbilt, but they win it 37-28. You guys saw that anemic offense the Commodores put on the field. How in the world did they score 28? It's almost like Missouri just pulled 11 kids out of the student section and said, here, let's go play The next week, 43-6 losers at Athens. You knew that was coming, right? And then probably the biggest win in the middle part of the schedule is they beat South Carolina. And at that point, you're thinking, you know what? South Carolina's probably in trouble. They get it together. The next week, a game that ultimately ended the Dan Mullen era at Florida. Missouri wins at home 24-23. Drinkwitz outsmarts Mullen. Then you've won two in a row. You started feeling good, right? And then you lose to Arkansas, 34-17. That game, you know, they tried. They tried to make that a game, you know, last game of the year. That Arkansas-Missouri, it just, you know, it didn't have a lot of appeal to me. They're playing that on Friday. You know, LSU used to play Arkansas. You had the 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 Egg Bowl on Thursday, LSU-Arkansas on Friday, then Iron Bowl on Saturday. I used to love that. Because that OSU Arkansas game was so competitive. Well, now they're playing Missouri. It's, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't get excited about that. So they finish the regular season six and six, and they play Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. We've been there. Uh, other than the rain, it's a pretty good experience up until the fight, right? But Army wins the game 24 22. And I, thought, I really thought Army would run all over them. They didn't. So they finish the regular season six and seven. Yeah, you know, what do you do? I mean, did did, did Missouri go out and, and sign a bunch of guys out of portal? Yeah, you, know, you won't probably think so, but um, let's take a quick look at what Missouri looks like this year. A lot of people are thinking that Drinkwitz may be in trouble this year. I don't think so. I don't think so. this is you know his third year. I guess he's been there. What, I guess he's been there three years. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe he's been there. Maybe it's just year three. He was there in twenty twenty though when we killed those guys. Um. So, yeah, it's his third year at Missouri. He's been a head coach because he got that one year at App State. So, here's the deal. I think you kind of miss your window if you're Missouri. Because now, all of a sudden, you know, Georgia's rolling. Kentucky has become a very consistent team. South Carolina was improved last year, even though you beat them. You made a coaching change in Florida, Tennessee, under Hypo is doing good things. And, and I, again, I think Tennessee is the second-best team in the East. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. I think they're going to beat Kentucky, and I think they'll finish maybe a game or two ahead of them. I think this Tennessee team is going to be really good. And so, now, if you're Missouri, where do you get wins? It's like, well, yeah, you're in the East. When you look at the West this year, I mean, how many teams in the West are going to make bowl games? I suspect all of them. You look at the East, and you begin to realize Missouri might be in some trouble. They're going to beat Vanderbilt, Won a couple non-conference games. How do they get to six? I don't know they can. And here's a stat for you, too. You know, Missouri comes in the league, and they win a couple of SEC East titles. They play in Atlanta, and we all joked. Like, look, they've only been here a year or two, and they've, they've been more times than Ole Miss, who's been none. But neither is A&M. But since then, Missouri's been awful. They had a losing record. It's crazy to think about that. And so here's the thing, too. You know, Missouri, and for those of you that were up there with us in 15, it just feels so weird up there. It doesn't even feel like an SEC environment. Like, even when they get excited, it's kind of like, and, and all due respect, Southern Miss fans, listen to the show, Missouri is kind of like a bigger Southern Miss from, a, from an atmosphere standpoint. And I'll tell you this, when we played down at Southern Miss in 15, they wanted to get us, man. There wasn't a whole lot of them, but those people were excited about having Mississippi State in their backyard. We go to Missouri, and yeah, it was a Thursday night game. Rain was in the forecast, but it was a very, very, very subdued atmosphere. And then you know, Dak hits that big touchdown pass to Bayer right before the half, and you kind of felt like, you know what, that's it. And then we see Drew Locke for the first time. You know what a fan I am of him. But it just doesn't feel like an SEC environment. It's like when we went up there and played, it was like playing – You know, a a non-conference team, that's how it felt. It felt like going to a G5 team, except they didn't have the vigor of the underdog. Like when you go to South Alabama, like, oh, we're going to get them. SEC team's here, and you you don't. That's kind of how it felt. It was just kind of a weird atmosphere. All right, so let's look around, you know, Mizzou again. I expect this team to be good offensively and then bad defensively again. And that's not a hot take. I think that's just kind of the reality of the whole thing. You know, when you start looking through all this stuff, it's one of those things that kind of lights you up a little bit. You begin to realize that this is not a team that's expected to do very well. All right, so I guess outside of that Florida game, could you really say Missouri beat anybody, and even though it was a down year at Missouri? When they don't throw the football, they're in trouble. Pretty crazy. Uh, Connor Basilak left. He's gone to Indiana. Um, So the quarterback situation still probably unsettled, and former Bulldog Jack Abraham could be the guy. And I would like that to happen. I like Jack Abraham a lot. I I do. And I think when you look at this scheme and what they want to do, he is a guy that really fits what they expect out of the quarterback package up there. Uh, They've got a lot of guys up there that are competing for this job. I won't be the least bit surprised if Jack – is the starter maybe he's the day one starter but when I look at some of these other guys that are that are on this roster who has better more experience than Jack and you got to feel like Jack has a bit of a chip on his shoulder he he transfers to Mississippi State wants to compete has this crazy freak injury and then continues to have like chronic headaches kind of some concussion type symptoms it wasn't anybody's fault man but it's just absolutely insane what happened with Jack Abraham and then he wanted to transfer to Ole Miss, and that's how everybody found out that Ole Miss was under league probation where they couldn't take a transfer from Mississippi State because of the, the uh, tempering issue that everybody told. Like, Steve's wrong. That We didn't temper, but yet they're on probation for it, right, within the conference. So Jack ends up in Missouri, which I think is a good fit for him, and I think Jack is a good fit for Mizzou, and I think Eli can get a lot from him. Um, so that might, again kind of get them going offensively a little bit their issues are really more on on defense but what's interesting is elon and recruited so well last year in their home state went into st louis got some big time players Uh, so there will be some interesting pieces around the quarterback whoever they anoint but it's gonna they're gonna be young and so young teams generally lose to elite teams because they don't know that they can believe yet they don't know that they belong but uh, we'll see. Um, they get Nathaniel Pete in from Stanford, expected to be the guy. And he's a multi-purpose guy. He can catch out of backfield. Good return guy. Offensive line's in flux again. And always and, and everybody thinks it just happens to us. Everybody out there is replacing a starter or two, and sometimes more. But this team and what happens with them ultimately is going to boil down to what they do on defense. They're going to be able to score. They're going to be able to put some points up from time to time. But they were awful. I mean i think short of vanderbilt they were the worst the worst defense in the, in the sec so what do you do um well they've got a couple guys up front they feel pretty good about on a defensive front but there's not a lot of depth there uh, they do get florida transfer Tyrone hopper to come in uh, to be a backer for them yeah so we'll see but again he's a new guy uh, you remember abrams drain the kid from uh, mobile we were on him pretty hard and he goes to LSU and then ultimately leaves. I don't, I don't know if he signed with him. I think maybe he signed with him and went the portal. Uh, he's at Mizzou now, but that that's a guy that's got NFL potential. And then Enos Rackstraw is out at Rakstraw too. He's another guy, but uh, they have gone out and got some transfers and they have done a good job getting offensive skill. And you would expect that with Eli. So that's a good part of it too. But, um, How quickly can they get these young stars up to speed? I don't think Drinkwitz is on the hot seat, but if they and they went four and eight last year, if excuse me six and seven last year, if they take a step back this year, you might see it, because again the East is getting better. And I look at the stuff too, like the run defense stuff, absolutely ridiculous. You know, Kentucky ran for almost three fifty last year. Tennessee put up over 450 yards of offense. Missouri's just one of those teams we talk about they didn't have much up front. You don't have much this year, and you're a team that um, basically just lets teams run at will. And when teams can run, you know, it's as simple as that. When teams can run, teams win. All right, uh, we mentioned some of these younger guys, but um, you know the, probably uh, look for the receivers out there. That, that's That's where I think you're going to see – if there are some emerging stars in Missouri, it's going to be at the wide receiver position. All right, let's look at this year's schedule and kind of figure this thing out. And We've got some recruiting stuff to talk about of our own. All right, so this year at Mizzou, it's going to be a tough year. I mean, unless something, unless somebody catches fire, it's going to be a year probably similar to last year, where mediocre is probably the ceiling. All right, so they open with Louisiana Tech. There are a lot of people picking Tech to win that game to come into your house in week one and win the game will be an interesting matchup it's a Thursday night game guys that's 16 days from now is that right 17 days from now so it's the Thursday night the first weekend so we'll get a chance to see Mizzou in action because by that time we're going to be happy to watch anybody right at least that'll be a couple teams that uh, we're somewhat familiar with I still think Missouri wins that game I just don't think Louisiana Tech will have the horses. I do think it'll be an entertaining game. That's a 7 p.m. kick on ESPNU Thursday, September 1st. The next week is a long week because you get those extra two days to rest, right? Then they're at Kansas State. I think that's a loss. Then it's Aveline Christian. That's a win. It's 2-1. and one. Then you got to go to Auburn. And who knows what's going to happen at Auburn? i tell you this. If Mizzou wins this game... The pitchforks are gonna be out early on the Plains. but I think Auburn wins just because they can run the football and Mizzou has not shown the ability to slow anybody down. So let's say they're two and two after four. Then they host Georgia. All right, so now you're two and three. Then you got to go to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and take on Florida. You know, you won last year on that crazy play at the end to win it. And the shock Dan Mullen. I don't see him going in the swamp and doing that. So now all of a sudden you're two and four. You get a week off before the big rivalry game against Vanderbilt. You win that thing three and four. Then you go to South Carolina. Kind of flukish deal last year, probably a toss up game. And again, toss up games generally favor the home team. All right, so now you've won two now you've won excuse me. Now you've won three. And you're three and five because you've lost South Carolina. Kentucky love would love for Missouri to win this game. Don't think they're going to. Then you got to go to Neyland Stadium. That's a blowout loss. Then you get the former Fighting Christians Aggies of New Mexico State. I had a chance to visit with him today. Really nice guy. That's a win though. And then you host Arkansas. Unless Arkansas is really struggling with injuries, Arkansas wins this ball game. All right. So let's again go back and count them. A win over Louisiana Tech, and again, that's the whole thing about the uh, the home team winning the toss-up game. You beat Abilene Christian, you beat Vanderbilt, you beat New Mexico State. These guys are staring 4-8 and eight right in the face. And you look at them and say, okay, well, who are the toss-up games? Let's be fair about that. There's not a lot of them. Just about everybody else is going to be favored to beat them. You know, you, could you technically consider the Auburn game a toss-up game? Yeah, probably so. But Auburn is a team that wants to run the football against a defense that can't stop the run. I think Auburn's going to be favored to touchdown or more in that game. And then you look at, okay, at South Carolina, again, I think South Carolina kind of benefited last year from some craziness in the East, but they'll be good enough to win at home. Should be. So it's four and eight. You win a toss-up game, you're five and seven, and then you start thinking, okay, what's next for Missouri? What happens next, you know, for Missouri? And, uh, you know, a lot of people thought Eli Drinkwich was probably a little bit premature, right, in the Power Five promotion. And maybe he was, and that's the thing you you have to take a chance. If you're like a school like Missouri, you got to kind of like Mississippi State. You got to try to get a guy on the way up. You got to find the next Dan Mullen on his way up, a guy that can consistently win games. But um, this is a program. know, when, when we we everybody thought Texas A and M is going to come in and really challenge, and it wasn't it wasn't A and M. It was Mizzou. They came right in, but the very first year they struggled. Right, they go five and seven, then they're twelve and two, seven and one in the East. They won the Cotton Bowl, finished fifth in the country. We're thinking, man, look at this. At least now there's some more competition in the East. The next year, 11-3, they win the East again, win the Citrus Bowl, finish 11th in the country. Ever since then, it has been an unmitigated disaster in Columbia. Five and seven, one conference win that year, four and eight, seven and six, eight and four, six and six. Drinkwits, 5-5, five 6-7. Five, of course, they didn't get the chance to play in the Music City Bowl back in 2020 due to some COVID uh, testing. So, you know, what? what is it? One, two winning seasons since 2014, and one of those required a bowl win to finish on the winning side. They were 6-6 six and six in a regular season in 17 under Barry Odom. And that's the thing I think about, too. You know, Barry Odom is one of their own. His very first year, he goes 4-8, and eight, and then he puts together – Three consecutive non-losing seasons, seven and six, eight and four and six and six. But, you know, it's like we lost both bowl games. We just have no juice. We have, we have no lift here. And, and, of course, you had a future NFL guy Drew Locke as your quarterback. And, and they fired him. And, uh, of course, Odom has been a thorn in our side since he's been there at Arkansas. But, um, you know, this Missouri team, again, there's not a lot to feel hopeful about this year. And, of course, I'm sure if you can read their message boards, oh, we're going to shock the SEC – I just don't know if they have the horses, but again, they, they recruited so well last year. It's almost like you look at it and you begin to think, does this buy them a little time? You know, the, the, are they starting to kind of figure it out? I've always thought Missouri should be more in Kansas City and St. Louis, and with those big major metropolitan areas, you would think you're going to land on, uh, you know, some some Power Five guys a little more regularly there. But it is uh, kind of insanity to me to, to think about last year. Missouri finished 15th in the country in recruiting. Fifteenth in the country, according to 247 Sports Composite, with just 18 commitments. Think about that for a second. Yeah. You get a five-star wide receiver, Luther Burden, out of East St. Louis, one of the top-rated receivers in the country. Number three. Insanity. You get Marcus Scott, a corner out of Conroe, Texas, four-star. Xavier Simmons, four-star. And so you start running through all this stuff. Those guys are already enrolled. And Sam Horn quarterback, four-star. Marquise uh, Graciel, four-star DL, four-star Edge, DJ Wozolak, Tavares Jones out of El Paso, Texas, four-star. Isaac Thompson from St. Louis, four-star. Jamarian Wayne, four-star out of ball of Missouri. You know, so you start running these things together and you begin to realize, hey, you know, what happened last year? You guys did a good job. And it wasn't just because the state was ripe Right? I mean, they went out there. You saw they went into Texas. They went a lot of different places. They signed some really good players. And so maybe the recruiting is on the uptick, and maybe that buys Eli a little time. I just think that they're probably in a bad bad place here. I don't know if the Missouri fans will be patient. They weren't patient with Barry Odom, who's one of their own, who didn't have a losing season except for his first year there. And you begin to ask yourself, did they get a little bit spoiled in their pinkle? It's like, hey, we played for championships. We had top 15 finishes. And now we're, uh, now we're going to lower-tier bowl games, and we can't win them. And so not that Missouri shouldn't aspire to be something better than themselves, but I think sometimes some, some good self-evaluation and self-awareness of where you are in the pecking order of the SEC is probably in order. So that's a look at Missouri. We'll have another uh, team preview on Wednesday, and uh, excited about that too. Not as excited as I am about the Rock Show, but excited about our next preview. Alright, right, final segment of the show brought to you by your friends at Portico. If you're looking to move to Starkville, look no further than Portico. I told you guys before, if I was moving to Starkville now, Portico is where I would move. I would love to be that close to campus. And here's the deal. It's close to campus, but it's kind of tucked away in a nice little neighborhood. So you're on the quiet side of campus with some neighbors that are kind of similarly situated people love mississippi state 1.1 miles away from davis wade stadium how cool is that think about that for a second that's how close you'd be close enough for convenience far enough away to have a little privacy you can get a two-bedroom two-bath home go all the way up to a four-bedroom four-bath home phase one completely sold out phase two now under construction and up for sale if you've wanted a place in starville now is the time to act Reach out to our friend, Brooks Bryan, 601-416-8075 at 601-416-8075. And listen, if you've been shopping up here and your real estate agent hasn't mentioned Portico to you, maybe it's time you ask, why not? Why not? It's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family. I love Starkville. All my kids uh, that have lived here are graduates of Starkville High School, and I've got a senior there this year. Very happy with that. Maybe you're a Starvel Academy person. I don't know. But the reality of it is if it's your ballgame weekend retreat, your primary residence, or your future retirement home, Portico has a place for you. Be sure and check them out. Make Portico your next move. I would be remiss if I didn't say I told you so on Chris Parson. Chris announced for Mississippi State Friday at four o'clock. Matter of fact, Friday we cut it short. We cut practice short. Uh, your staff watched Chris announce from Mississippi State. I'll be honest with you, when he was, stood up and clapped and was going, let's go, I got chill bumps. I was really excited. Even though I knew it was coming, it's always great to see it official. And I was, you know, the thing about it is, too, is like, we talk about people like, Steve, is this the biggest quarterback ever? No, it's not. Sawyer Robertson is the highest rated quarterback we've ever had to commit to Mississippi State. Maybe Melvin Barkham, if we didn't have the, you know, the recruiting services back then, if we did, maybe he would have been the guy. Uh, but here's the deal. Mississippi State gets the quarterback, I think, that brings some real innovation to this offense. I think that's a big part of things. I think you get excited about that because you begin to realize this offense is maybe about to hit another gear with us. You remember when we signed Dak Prescott, you know, Dak was kind of a gadget guy, kind of a red zone weapon early on. And that was enough. And Tyler Russell was setting school records at the time, too. But Zach brought a different element to this offense. And I think that's what you're gonna see with Chris Parson. I, I think maybe you bring him in as a gadget guy early on. But eventually, I think he is he is a guy that is gonna bring a different level of success in this offense and that is no disrespect to anybody else on the roster but there is a dynamic to his skill set that is a bit unique he is not a run first quarterback that's what happens a lot of times people saddle guys that that can run a little bit as a dual threat guy he is a pass first quarterback that can hurt you with his feet there is a difference right there is this is a huge get for stakes it also opens up the door with some other prospects. I mean, you saw it, there were some other guys out there that are on Mississippi State's radar, like Santana Fleming Saying, this is major. This is major, and it is. I think this boils down to State and Auburn. I know he is another team, Louisville's another team he's looking at, but only one of those teams has Chris Parson, and that's Mississippi State. Uh, So again, good get for Mississippi State. People now wonder what's next. You know, well, I think things are gonna slow down a little bit now as people ease into football mode. Now, I've said that before, and then we get a surprise. Somebody decides, you know what, now's the time. It'd be nice if that happens, but I think Mississippi State now will probably kind of hold pat with where they are. There's some guys out there, of course, like Isaac Smith. If he wanted to commit today, the they would certainly take him. But he is going to go through the process and take some visits. I still like where State sits with him. But a huge day for Mississippi State. And then Friday, an abbreviated practice and uh, as we got ready for the Saturday scrimmage. So a couple things I want to say about that there are some things you know some of our fans are kind of wired as metallica would say hardwired to self-destruct you know it's like we we're just kind of ready to kind of cry a little bit about it um let's talk a little bit about some of these numbers okay and it's important to understand too a lot of our a lot of our regulars didn't play a whole lot on offense that's important to understand. We've had full coverage over at uh, jeanspage.com. But um, Will Rogers goes 9 of 18 for 77 yards and two touchdowns, one pick. He did have a couple of drops, too. He had a couple passes he threw on target that were dropped. Sawyer Robertson 11 of 21 for 80 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So when you look at the numbers here, we're just a little bit above 50%. That's got to be better, and it will be. And some of that, too, we had, we had some – some breakdowns on the offensive line. Not at left tackle, though. It was really more on the right side and at times up the middle when we pulled LaQuinson Sharp out. And Q was back in full practice today, but they pulled him. I think he rolled an ankle, something like that. Uh, but, yeah, he's fine. If we'd, we'd played a game today, he'd have, been, he'd have played. I mean, certainly. Uh, Chance Levertich, 2 of 5 for 24 yards. And he was your backup a year ago. Daniel Greek, then 3 of 9 for 31 yards and a pick. And Braden Locke, a lot of people have been excited about him. You should be. Uh, his first extensive action of scrimmage he goes four of 10 56 yards a touchdown and two picks so when you read these numbers like when they were first reported everybody's like oh my gosh we threw five picks well yeah we did but three of them came from your third and fourth team quarterbacks you know and of course they're throwing against the you know the bandit defenses but the reality of it is it kind of skews the numbers a bit but We got to do a better job with our our completion percentage and that'll be fine you know what to expect from this offense right i mean you you understand we're going to do a good job and i understand dollar bill graded out pretty good it left tackle that's one of the concerns that we've had all year people say well the tackles you know i i think ultimately cam jones is going to be your right tackle and Albert, albert reese will stay at right guard that you know there was a while there i said hey albert reese is the right tackle i think maybe Maybe we're asking a bit much of him this year, and so you put Cam out there as a veteran that can help with protections and things like that. It makes good sense to me, and you know Cam Jones is uh, is a gamer. You know that guy's going to bring it. I, your running backs, I thought, played really well. Simeon Price, four carries, 17 yards, just over four yards a carry. We'll take that. Sequavius Marks, seven carries, 33 yards, nearly five yards a carry, also with a touchdown. Dylan Johnson, five carries, 21 yards, just over four yards. And so if I told you, hey, we're going to average over four yards a carry, you'd say, you know what, probably going to win the game. I thought, you know, again, we ran the football pretty well, and that kind of continued on Sunday too. Will Rodgers also had a couple stops too, a couple carries, uh, two two carries, 20 yards. And on Sunday they ran a little bit of speed option game. You know, they get him outside, get Will out there a little bit. I think you got to run a little bit just to kind of, just to kind of keep people honest with the quarterback. Not a lot, but just enough to kind of keep us linebackers honest. Keeps people off the running backs. All right, your receiving leaders, Rara Thomas, two catches, 35 yards, and touchdown. Rara's had a great camp. He is a very physical receiver. When they throw the ball to him in traffic, more times than not, he's the guy that comes down with it. Simeon Price, I talked about the backs playing well, five catches, 24 yards. There is an explosiveness with, with Simeon. I don't know that maybe some other people have. He doesn't run maybe quite as hard. What I mean by that is he's not maybe the physical runner to DJ and, and Woody are right now. But he is a little more explosive. When he does get in the open field, you know, he, can, he can make teams really pay. Uh, Jameer Calvin, a couple of catches, 22 yards. And I think Jameer's been kind of up and down in camp. He really has been. Uh, if I had to call it today, I don't think he starts. I think he's uh, in the rotation, but I don't think he starts. And he was pretty good today. But uh, kind of inconsistent times. Justin Robinson, four catches, 54 yards. And when you guys see Justin, and Steve Spurrier talked about that today, you know, he's really kind of changed his body a little bit over the course of the summer. Not quite as thick as he was. And as a result, I think he's able to, to do a better job of getting open. Xavier Thomas, a freshman that we expect to really contribute. Is it this year, though? We'll see. Hey, two catches, 34 yards, 17 yards a grab, and then a touchdown. Jordan Mosley, who has quietly put together a great camp. I, right now, I think he is absolutely in your top eight wide receivers. I think he plays significantly against Memphis, and we'll see how he does. Two catches, 12 yards. But this is a kid also that gets caught doing doing the right thing. Uh, D.J. Johnson, two catches, five yards, and a touchdown. Jaden Wiley, two catches, 18 yards, a touchdown. Jaquavius Marks, three for 12. Caden Pope, one catch, 20 yards. We hadn't talked about him a lot among the freshmen. but uh, And, again, I think he's a a guy that benefits from a year in the weight room. But there is some explosiveness with him as well. I really like this young receiver group. J.J. Jernigan, one catch for nine yards. Got a little bit banged up. uh, Was in protective jersey on Sunday. Uh, Tulu Griffin, one catch, zero yards. And and it's like, oh, well, Tulu, you know what you're going to get with Tulu, right? I mean, it's like if if he didn't catch anything the rest of camp, I'd be okay because I know what's going to happen on game day so really good effort there by the offense but at the end of the day this bulldog defense is outstanding this bulldog defense is really really good and i think it's important to kind of understand that i don't know that we're going to see a lot of the pressure that we're seeing in practice because what do teams normally do against us well you know it's a drop eight right and so when zach and those guys bring the heat at times, we struggle to pick it up a little bit. And that's to be expected. You know, when you got some moving pieces on the offensive line, until they develop some cohesion and chemistry, you know, what do you do on a stunt and twist? How do you pass the guy off? You know, that's what practice is for. Now, as great as the defense was last week, and if I was grading the team, I think the defense won every day last week. Today, the offense clear winners. Even Emmanuel Forbes and Colin Duncan and our media opportunity said the same. The offense won handily today. I thought the offensive line played well. I thought the receivers caught the football. We only had a couple drops. And as much as we throw it, you're going to have some. But when we do, it's like everybody on offense, whether they're in the huddle or on the sidelines, when we drop a pass, there is this collective groan that is audible on the practice field or in the Palmero Center. It's as simple as that. We know we're supposed to catch football. And if we don't, we're not going to play. And Steve Spurrier said the day, we're, we're planning to play eight receivers. And, uh, you know, if one guy doesn't do a good job, then next week the, the second guy starts, you know. So we'll see how things progress. But I thought offensively, you see those numbers from Saturday. You say they're not terrible. They're not good either. You know, they're middle of the road if you ever ever expected anything out of this team at all. You would think they got to do better. And they will be better. And they were better today. You know what Mike Leach is a coach. And Will Riders is a quarterback. The offense wasn't just going to sit back and take it. They were really good today. I I would submit today may have been the best offensive practice we've had of camp, and that's what you want to see. Now, what what's going to happen Saturday when we have the scrimmage? And again, I won't be there Saturday. This past Saturday is the only only fall practice that I've missed, um, and I will miss this Saturday. I'll be at the Mississippi Book Festival Saturday morning. I got a nine thirty panel with uh, Chancellor Kayat from Ole Miss and Neil White and. Uh, another writer that wrote a book about state and no miss um so i'll be there saturday and then uh probably heading down to martin's saturday night to watch the, the band twist play all right so as we kind of move forward now so what is a reasonable expectation because like anytime these numbers get out there it's like we've got some fans within the fan base who are kind of waiting to pounce and waiting to be negative oh we got to get better we got three more weeks before we play Now, the flip side of that is we only have three more weeks before we play, and so we can't waste practice time. And Sunday evening, we were expected to have a lighter practice. We ended up having a pretty good practice, and then ultimately some conditioning drills after practice. Mike Leach wasn't pleased on Sunday. And uh, he made a comment, this is not about football right now because you're proving to me you don't have the toughness to win. I thought today we really responded well. And there were some times today that Leach had to kind of raise his voice a little bit. But I believe today, again, I thought Will Rogers really elevated today. And Sawyer Robertson has had some good moments. I, I wouldn't say he's had a great camp, but he's also adjusting and taking team reps for the first time in his college career. And, again, this defensive front that these guys are facing is good or perhaps better than most you're going to see in the SEC this year. You know, we've got potential four NFL guys up front. Uh, Jaden Crumity has been absolutely outstanding. Cam Young, absolutely outstanding. They're not going to be a lot of teams in, in this league or on our schedule. They're going to have a nose guard as physical and as athletic as Cameron Young. And when we signed him, some people were like, "I don't know what we signed this guy." Like, the guy's a future NFL guy. I remember Bob Shoop nailed it, man. He Bob Shoop told me during the red shirt freshman year, he said, "Steve, this kid's going to be the next great Mississippi D line story." And under a recruited guy that comes in kind of country strong and learns to play football at a high level, and you're seeing it. We're reaping the benefits of that guy an outstanding outstanding development by Cameron Young and then you know you got Jordan Davis and Demonte Russell out there too you know who starts some days I think it's JD the next day I think it's Demonte but uh, I think we're pretty good there and that's what's gonna I think this is gonna boil down you know we talk about our coverage units and how good they've been and again they picked off five passes on Saturday but the reality of it is is that you've got uh you're going to have a lot less time to cover. I think we're going to do a better job rushing the passer. I think we're going to get push up the middle, which will probably impede the quarterback's reads across the middle and down the field. And they'll look to check it down or swing it outside. And I think you've got the corners to kind of mop that up. DeCamry Richardson still holding off Marcus Banks, Speedy Banks. That doesn't mean Banks isn't playing well. He is. DeCamry just kind of feeling the heat. I think he's elevating his own game. I like this cornerback's room. And I thought today DeCarlos to Carlos Nicholson again, it's like one day you look up and uh, there he is again, number four out there knocking balls away, playing really tight. Caleb Ducking is a receiver outstanding today. I thought Jaden Wally had a good day today. Uh, Corey Ellington, a really nice diving pass breakup at the goal line. Jaden Wally had it for a second, and then Ellington rakes it out. You know, we're learning to play the football. And And I like this group. And the Cory Oten, the guy last year remember that was expected at red shirt and worked his way into the into the lineup. It was on the two deep. ended up starting in the uh, Liberty Bowl, but uh, we didn't have much behind him. But I liked our group. I like how competitive we are. I, li- I like the fact that we get out there and we talk a little bit a little trash and then we back it up. We've had a lot of guys in the past that talked a lot, but didn't walk a lot. I, I think this group, especially defensively, is one of those groups we're going to look back and say, you know what? That was a kind of a you know, kind of a motley crew of sorts. Some cast offs awesome, and some other programs that came in here and did a good job. Jackie Matthews continues to impress. At Davion Collins, we hadn't talked about him a whole lot. He had a pick on Saturday, quietly having a really good camp. Now, the, the question becomes too is how much does he play? Right? Because you know who your starters are and you feel pretty confident about Marcus Banks and DeCarlos is kind of coming on a little bit too. And then Esaias Ferge is a guy too that I think I think maybe the light's coming on again for him. You know, some competition around him. I think, you know, he's elevated his game a little bit too. Very physical tackler. So, if uh, O'Davion Collins is not going to play meaningful snaps, maybe it's better to redshirt him this year. But... I do think, and I give Paul Johnson credit, Paul really liked him a lot last year. Uh, His size is a little bit – he's not like that ideal, you know, long, lean Darcel McBath type corner. But the guy has really good ball skills. He elevates well, takes ownership of the football. It's funny, too, Darcel McBath said yesterday that he he hated to break it to the kids that uh, the NFL scouts were always stopping him, but they were asking about him. Like he was ready to come out of retirement. But – of course that's a joke, but uh, I'll tell you that's Darcel McBath and Jeff Phelps probably get more conversation from pro scouts post practice than any other coach. And that's not to say they don't all get some, some conversation, they do, but Darcel McBath and Jeff Phelps consistently getting questioned about their players. And when you think about Emmanuel Forbes, you think about the Camryon Richardson you think about that defensive front. Guys, we could have four guys across the front, counting the uh, Sam Linebacker and Tyrus Wheat, that are mid-round draft picks. You know, I don't know that we have a headliner in the group, somebody that plays their way into maybe day one or day two. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate. That's why we're going to play the season. But you've got some guys that have some experience under their belt and some guys that can really play. So I think, you know, when you see these numbers sometimes, too, understand it's not a product maybe of the offense not functioning. It's a product of the defense competing at a high level and winning some of those one-on-one matchups. Now, today, different story. I, I didn't think it was close today. I thought it really skewed more towards the offense, and uh, I like that. Now, tomorrow, you know, you, you'll have Emmanuel Forbes and those guys out there with a chip on their shoulder having something to prove. But uh, I'm eager to get out there, and then we'll have the day off on Wednesday. So when we have Wednesday's Wednesday show, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that happened on Tuesday, and then uh, we'll be back to work. You Thursday, Friday, and of course have the uh, scrimmage on Saturday and then kind of clean up on Sunday. Next thing you know, we're going to be getting ready to go to school. The semester actually starts this week, you know, so things will begin to change a little bit. And it'll, it'll be kind of be chaotic this week as guys kind of get their schedules finalized and things like that. And at times you'll have guys that have a lab and have to miss until they get that stuff fixed. But, uh, you know, how it is in college courses, you got to take them when they're available. But the uh, reality of it is, is I think you can feel good about your football team. And I've said that before, and the more that I see him in camp, and the more that I see this back and forth, and even though I thought the defense won every day last week, I never thought the defense dominated. The offense hit back a little bit. And I, I thought uh, today's practice might have been the best practice for the offensive line all year. I think they're beginning to kind of settle in, kind of accepting their roles. And, you know, Cole Smith's a guy that uh, has been a little banged up. You know, when Cole's healthy too, you know, he. He brings something different. You know, you guys have talked about it yourselves. The emotion that he brings because he loves Mississippi State and he loves competing, it's going to be tough to keep that kid out, man. You know, you start looking up and down the line, a guy we never talk about is Nick Jones. And Nick Jones has kind of been the dude at left guard. You know, lately it's been Dollar Bill left tackle, Nick Jones left guard. And Cole's competing in there too. And then – and Sharp at center, and then now Albert Reese at right guard and Cam Jones at right tackle. That, that's kind of been the first five. And then Cole, Cole's a the guy that can snap. Like, if you got into a bad situation and you had to use a backup center, LaSoya is improving. But if you got into a jam, maybe you roll Cole back out there again. You know, again, LaQuinson Sharp, I think, is the undisputed leader of this group. But Cole is a guy, too, that brings some physicality and also some emotion to the game. Uh, So, you're going to get seven guys ready to play, right? Is Percy Lewis one of them? Doesn't mean he's a bust by any stretch. Percy's done some good things, too. But Percy's a guy, too, that, uh, you know, he's developing a little fire in the belly. You know, it's like he's kind of gotten by on being bigger and stronger than everybody. Now he's kind of learning having to play with technique, kind of learning to fire his hands a little bit. You've got to learn to play with some physicality you know, not just being big and being impossible to run around. he a got to go out there because once, once the light comes on for him, he's going to be unstoppable. You, you know this, right? When you got guys that are big, they got to play big. And I don't know that he does right now, but I know that he's capable of doing that. And so I don't know that we should expect a whole lot from Percy this year. I know we expected him to come in and compete. And, of course, back in the spring, you know, he was kind of swimming a little bit and had to kind uh, of, con- you know, recondition his body a little bit. He's done that. But, uh I like our pieces, it's just kind of figuring this thing out. You know, again, I think there are seven guys out there that you feel really good about. Uh, I, I think you're probably, I think the starting lineup might be settled, might be, but I wouldn't count out Cole Smith just yet. And Cole's has guy, too, that can play right guard, and sometimes that's how they run them. And it's interesting to watch, too, because Nick Jones and Cole Smith, not the tallest guys, but you look out there and it's like your offensive line is a W, right? You see Cam Jones out there and you see a Dollar Bill, and of course there's a Q in the middle. Uh, so sometimes we may look a little undersized, but then you look at Cole and look at Nick at their reach, they kind of got freakish arm length. Their wingspan is, is, doesn't really match their stature. And so I, I'm beginning to start feel better about the offensive line, especially after today. I know you know on Saturday everybody's like, oh, I don't understand. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the pressures came up the middle when and Sharp left the camp. I mean, like when he got a little bit banged up and they pulled him, and so all of a sudden you're throwing LaSoya out there in the mix. And this is a guy that's a converted center, right? This is a guy that played tackle last year. And then we worked him at guard some in the spring, and now we're just trying to prepare. Cannon Boone's a guy that's just not quite ready to trust himself after the injury, it just, and he's just not quite there yet. So he's working every day, but he's not doing team drills. Doing individual drills, not doing team drills. And until he gets comfortable with his body, he's not going to be a factor at center. But I do think Cannon eventually is the center uh, kind of moving forward, probably a year or two down the road. But the reality of it is is that He's not expected to play much this year, so there's no point rushing it. So, again, positive day on Monday. Again, you know, Friday I didn't think we were great. I think it showed in the scrimmage on Saturday. Sunday I didn't think we were great. I, today I thought we were. Today I thought we – offensively we took a real solid step forward. So we'll see what tomorrow brings, and then we'll talk about it on Wednesday's show. If you had not done so, go to dogpilethebook.com. You can get all my sports books there flim flam alpha Dogs, stark villains i recently asked for an update on stark villains and alpha dogs stark villains they say there are a few left alpha dogs they say there are a few more left so we're getting down to kind of the bottom of the of the the, the inventory there so again not going to reprint those this year probably reprint next year uh, dog is kind of taking center stage and if you hadn't bought that yet you should you owe it to yourself even if you don't read you should buy that book just to kind of keep it on your bookshelf it's a nice little love memento Somebody will come over to your house and want to read, right? You'll be glad you got that. And I'll even sign it for you. Go to dogpileabook.com and get those. If you're looking for blooms of oleander, you can find it at amazon.com, Barnesandnoble.com, booksmegan.com. Stark Villains gear always available at starkvillains.com. And again, if you live in the greater Starkville area, chances are you can get it in your high school colors. How cool is that? Yeah, and if you don't want one, I'm sure your kids do. You can get a Stark Villains hoodie in your high school colors, right? Black and gold. Orange and purple, orange and blue, excuse me. So if you're an SA, if you're a Starkville High, you can get them. You can rep the brand and identify yourself as a person from Starkville with a Starkville and hoodie. So be sure and check it out. That's it for today, guys. Again, sorry for the late show, but I hope you understand. Got some more news to share with you in the days to come. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.
2: Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com slash build. That's chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.